Hello, everybody. We are here with another Hot Seat Podcast, and I have my ladies, ladies here with me tonight. Uh, Yeah. So this is going to be one of the final episodes as we conclude the pre-marriage counseling. So we're going to be talking about intimacy. I'm going to go ahead and introduce them, but you guys have seen them on the podcast before. We have the lovely Ashley Clark. Hi. Hi. I'm Dominique Gant. Hello. So there are those who we wish could have been on this, but are unfortunately unable to. So we'll just keep those people in our prayers and pray that everything is all right for them. So as always, I did my research, got all my notes. Yeah. <laughs> Does it have two sides? No, no, no. It's just, it's one-sided. It's just, <laughs> I write small enough. I only needed the one side of the paper. So, we're, we're gotcha. so our topic is intimacy. So we're going to start with a definition. So I, being who I am, looked it up in the Webster's Dictionary. <laughs> Had of course you did. Of course, of course. Not surprised. <laughs> so the proper definition for intimacy would be a noun. So it's the state of being intimate, which is the verb. But something of a personal or private nature, familiarity, closeness, nearness, and inseparability. I was like, that seems pretty vague. But okay, <laughs> that's the definition. <laughs> All right. So um, what are your guys' personal definitions? Because I'm sure they're all a little bit different. So Dominique, define intimacy. You're on mute. <laughs> Am I good now? Yeah. You're good. Hear me? Dear God, sorry. <laughs> I feel like I'm an old lady. I never use it on the computer. I'm using it on Zoom on my phone. So I'm sorry. I feel like my big mama. She's like, how you unmuted? Um, <laughs> um, <laughs> um, I would say what um, intimacy means to me or how I would define intimacy. Um, I would say just um, like a closeness or safe safe feeling you know towards um towards someone um that you know that you can trust uh and feel comfortable with uh being vulnerable with and just pretty much just you know being open and sharing your whole life with someone so yeah um pretty similar like i think it's um really like the connection that you're that you have that you're building with this person um, in like multiple levels. So like mentally, physically, mm -hmm. spiritually, emotionally, mm -hmm. um, kind of like Dom said, to the point where you're building trust and like that, that intimacy, um, now allows you to kind of carry that trust in like all aspects of your life, like outside of the bed, inside of the bed. Um, so yeah, it's really just like the connection. At least that's how mm -hmm. I look at it, building that connection. And Jordan. So I found a definition that I really liked, <clears throat> but it says that it usually denotes mutual vulnerability, like Dom said, openness and sharing, and it's often present in close, loving relationships. 
so I thought that was cool because I feel like close loving relationships can be like a variety so obviously like marriage or like a a love relationship um well I guess the other ones I love too but you know like it can also be parent child or um friendships or you know any type of close relationship where you're both sharing being vulnerable and it also had like four different um levels or types of intimacy which was experiential so like the experiences you share together um kind of like um Ashley had said emotional um so when you're sharing your emotions and the other person is sharing back you're like being intimate intellectual so when you're sharing your ideas and opinions even if they're not the same but you know there's like that mutual respect and then of course the sexual intimacy as well but I feel like a lot of times it goes straight to like the sexual but I kind of like tell it broke it down <laughs> like usual usually when people say intimacy it's like oh but I like like the other the other levels of it too so right. I thought that was cool it's funny because you can definitely have sex without intimacy Oh, like, for sure. Like, they're not the same thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that is true. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> okay. My definition is pretty much the exact same as all of you. Mm-hmm. Uh, the action of building a deep mental, emotional, spiritual, and physical connection or closeness with another person or quite possibly object. Because, you know, those things that hold sentimental value, mm-hmm. there's like an intimate relationship that's connected or that can be mm-hmm. thought of from that. At least, yeah. at least I know we all have the same understanding. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not by myself. <laughs> so the next thing is what influences in your lives have kind of helped you to define what intimacy is, or at least your uh, primary level of what intimacy is? Jordan? Mm. (laughs) that's interesting because I feel like I've only like recently in the last few years really had an understanding of what it was I mean obviously like we all have intimate relationships but I guess I didn't really recognize what that meant um so I feel like just lately just like educating myself so doing research you know, listening to podcasts, reading books, and like kind of figuring out what the different levels are, how to be more intimate in different ways. Um, I mean, at first, it was like, um, you see the relationship, like when you're a child, you, you know, watch the relationships around you and kind of figure it out that way. But I would say more recently, like, in a better way, it's been more education and, and like listening to people that I trust. So Dominique? Um, I um, would say, I know we, I like, like recently just talked to you about this. <laughs> um, uh, it was kind of similar. Um, like I, I didn't grow up like seeing so much like intimacy. Um, you know, like my parents weren't together. So I didn't grow up seeing that you know, intimate side of people or that affection, or we never even really had like many like intimate talks with each other. It was kind of just like little, just like here and there things, but never anything that was like really like emotionally and intimate, even though we, you know, we love, we trust each other. We didn't have like that intimacy among amongst each other, but I didn't really like Jordan say, like, I didn't really know much about intimacy until like 
I grew up, you know, and that, and that kind of, I took that with me of not knowing so much about intimacy once I got older. And um, that's why it was like so um, hard for me to open up and for me to like touch or, you know, for me to be like loved on because, you know, I didn't get so much of that or I didn't see so much of that. So it was hard for me to give that to someone else, you know? Um, so, uh, yeah, so just, I'm just, I had to kind of just like learn it pretty much on my own and see it for myself and kind of learn that within like my relationship um, with my husband because he's very affectionate and you know he's very very affectionate and loves to be, like very intimate with me so I've had to learn to, <laughs> had to learn learn um, from him as well too so he's taught me a lot when it comes to like intimacy and everything as well awesome. yeah Ashley can I just say ditto? <laughs> yes, absolutely. My, my story is like exactly the same. Like I didn't grow up seeing intimacy. It was just my mom. Um, and so my husband, I feel, is very opposite. Like he grew up in a very like family structured home. And so being with him, I don't think I knew it was like intimacy, like as we were dating, but it was like little moments that would occur that like later on I realized, wow, that really like helped me become more vulnerable or that helped me like trust him more or feel more connected. Um, because I just, I never really knew. It probably wasn't until I started watching like Love Hour and like I'd hear Liz say stuff and I'd be like, that's what that was. Like, <laughs> when your life is like fine, but you're like, something's missing and you don't realize like what the connection is. Cause you're like, you know, maybe we're having sex or like maybe we're having like good conversation, but you don't realize that there's little levels of intimacy where maybe you don't feel comfortable, um, you know, really expressing your emotions in some situation. Like you realize that 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 level of intimacy isn't really there um, or maybe it's just not there in that like particular moment. Um, so I think it really just, it came from like living, <laughs> just living and like being more open and having a spouse, thankfully that's like pushed me to be open. Um, and then as I've become like a whole adult, like listening to like other marriages and other couples and how they define intimacy and how it looks and just you know taking what fits for our marriage and learning from the things that we might see them struggle through so that we don't have to struggle too it's not yeah. necessary yeah. Mm -hmm. so. we've definitely learned a lot from each other since we for sure came like this this big group we've learned a lot from each other so I agree with that Ash like taking different things from each relationship and seeing yeah. like oh that's how they do things okay that's how you know you can learn from from each other and your friendship so yeah right yeah mine is kind of the same I mean although it wasn't like I for a short period of time I got to see my parents together but it wasn't the most harmonious of marriages so that was not the greatest example. <laughs> and then with my grandparents, they kind of had a unique dynamic between the two of them. But there wasn't a lot of, you know, lovey-dovey, touchy-feely intimacy there. It was more so like, these are my roles. And I show you that I care by, like for my grandma, taking care of the kids, keeping the house clean, you know, making sure there's food, all that kind of stuff. And then my grandpa, you know, I go to work, I provide, like they were set in their roles and that's how they showed it. And that was 
as much as we saw, that was it. There wasn't mm-hmm. anything else. Obviously, there was something else because they have four kids. There was more. <laughs> yes. <laughs> as far as we knew, by the time we came along, that was all nothing else. And then yeah. so, but oddly enough, so you know, so those those are the adults. My my youngest uncle is about nine years. Yeah, we're nine years different. So while we were at my grandma's house he was still there being raised up. So we got to see him through high school and he's a very intimate and affectionate person. So like we got it through him, not sure how he got it or where he got it from, but we got it through him. And so it was kind of like, okay, with certain people, it's okay. Other people, not okay. And then again, because I am who I am, you know, went online, looked at some books, did a little bit of research, talked to some people, took polls and surveys, and then I was like, oh, <laughs> you know, the public opinion can be very helpful in certain situations. So, um, but yeah, so that's pretty much how I constructed it, at least my primary level, which was, you know, very superficial. And then, of course, as I got older and thought I was grown and had my own relationships and experiences, I learned that there was a lot more to it because there's a whole nother person that you're involved with when it comes to that. So yeah, it was, it was an interesting experience to be had. That's what it was. I feel like that's like most things in life. Like you think you know what it is and then you experience it and you're like, oh, how come no one told me about this? Before I got there. <laughs> that that pretty much sums up my my pregnancy slash labor experience. Mm. Yeah, was, they said it was gonna be painful, yeah, but nobody said that a contraction could be in your back. So Right. <laughs> That should be written down somewhere. I'm just like, <laughs> <laughs> you need to know this. <laughs> right. So, yeah. And then my mom, oh, I didn't tell you I had back contractions. <sighs> no. <laughs> so, yeah, that, uh-huh. that whole experience. Why didn't you tell me? Uh, what's yeah. else? So how do you express intimacy within your marriage? I'm going to let that one settle for just a minute. <laughs> I saw the faces. I'm just going <laughs> to let that one settle, which is oddly enough, like I have paragraphs under all of the other questions. And that one, it's like three words. Like. Question mark, question mark, question mark. <laughs> highlighted. That, that, maybe, that. maybe you should start with this one here. <laughs> yes. yes. I could, right? I guess I could. So we've done a lot of research. You know, we just finished our, our, not just, but we finished our premarital counseling. And then, of course, we have our extended counselors, a.k.a. you all. Um, <laughs> and so, yes, you all. And so um, knowing about the five love languages, I tried to make sure that through a way he receives, I express love, which is kind of easy for us because for the most part, we've got the like, we have 
one that's exactly the same. And then our other ones, it's kind of like, that's my third, but it's his second. So we're not too far off. So that makes it a little bit easier. Just a little bit. But, you know, just try to support. Um, actually, that's like the biggest one. I just try to support. Uh, Flo has a lot of big dreams. I am not the dreamer. He's got a lot of big dreams. <laughs> <laughs> so I just, There's always one. Right? <laughs> um, he's got enough for all five of us, not even just two of us, all five of us. So I just try to support that way. Um, like I said, expressing his, expressing love through his love languages. Um, and then uh, the question mark, question mark, question mark, yeah. highlight, underscored. And then I have prayer because uh, past those things, I'm like, I don't know what else to do, but <laughs> pray. So I pray. So that's pretty much it. Just those three things. And that's, I mean, I thought it was working. I'm not 100% sure it's working as of recent events. So yeah, we have to kind of do a, a quality check on, on this intimacy relationship thing we've got here now. Right. It's interesting you say that because like Carl and I have literally been together 18 years. And so what I was going to say was that how I show int intimacy changes. Like it's not like, okay, this is what worked when we first got married when we were 22. Like that stuff doesn't work now because our lives are like so much more different, so much more complicated. He's definitely the dreamer in our relationship too. And so it's it's like a constant check-in, like this whole building intimacy. It's, it's a daily, I don't want to call it a job, but it's something you like, we try to work at daily mm -hmm. at some level, like mm -hmm. every day, making sure we at least get together and like talk about something that matters, like something that's somewhat <laughs> intellectual, like, you know, there's a lot to talk about at this point right now. Right. Um, but just making sure we connect at some point to talk about something intellectual, um, just so that we can continue to build that trust and build our relationship. Um, and I think like for us, the emotional intimacy is probably the most difficult only because my husband's not the greatest with emotions. I don't know if he has, he has them, but the expression of emotion isn't a lot. Um, and so it's just like, it's, like you said, it's it's understanding their love language and understanding that that could change like over time. And so, um, you know, for Carl, there wasn't really a name for it, but now I know it's like, it's acts of service. That's something that he really enjoys. And that's something I like to do. Like I've always like made his plate and stuff. That's just because what I've seen his mom do. But for them, like for him, that's how he knows that I like, that's one way that he knows I show my love to him is right. kind of caring. It's that nurturing, like being there um, to care for him, being supportive in his dreams, however I can. I don't typically understand them. Um, I try to listen because he actually wants me to listen. And I'm like, you're talking bass this, keyboard that, and I don't, my brain's shutting off, but <laughs> trying to be, what he needs I guess in whatever moment it is like trying to be that so if it's to listen to listen if it's to um to serve to serve if it's to you know if it's a touch here and there as we pass by the kitchen so that he knows that 
I want him still and I desire him still, like those are the things. And when he feels I'm lacking in them, we've built this trust now where he can tell me. And so like, that's how the intimacy then evolves. So it's like, hey, what you were doing before, that was cool, but you know, I need this now or I need it in a different way. Um, and and it, it's hard to take that if you haven't already built the trust. Cause then you just feel like I'm doing all the things and you're not satisfied as opposed to like, our lives are different. I hear you. Let me figure out how I can adjust or like, let me figure out how we can get to what you need together. I didn't mean to really answer your question. It's just, you like kind of triggered a thought. So. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I went. That's okay. was a whole word. <laughs> right. Right. Now I'm like, can I say ditto? Like, <laughs> but uh, yeah like i agree like i know darnell like darnell's act um his love language is pretty much like physical touch like he just likes to be he just likes me to touch you know or like he likes to just fall asleep he's like holding hands and like that's not my love language you know but i'm going to you know do it because i know that's what his is and you know um even just like rubbing his hair or like coming home at the end of the day and just giving him a hug you know and saying how's your day going and just having just like a day like a at the end of the day just having just an intimate conversation with each other um just communicating with each other and i think like the best times for us too was like when we're just like at the end of the day we're in bed and we're just talking like just talking about just anything and um and it just it, it helps us um and i feel like that's a good way um for us um and um heightening our intimacy level is you know just having a good intimate conversation as well as just me me um me attending to his his love languages you know so, right yeah yeah i would say so like Sometimes I like to think of it as like a cup or a jar, like being filled up. And for me, like my intimacy, I really like like the emotional part of it and like having conversations and talking and like feeling heard. So when I feel like it's like low, that's usually when there's like problems. So we kind of learn like to fill each other's up and then we're both like happy. And for him, it's more of like the physical side of it. So when we're both filled up, then we both, you know, can be happy <laughs> but when, when one of it when it's un- imbalanced or whatever then somebody has an attitude or somebody's feeling some type of way so I feel like it, it goes along with the love languages as well but also kind of like on what level of intimacy I guess is more or you feel more connected on which of like the four different things so I definitely feel like the emotional is important for me and I think it's important for him as well but not as much as like the physical part of it so I think just recognizing that and being able to um yeah I guess fill each other up in those areas is mm-hmm. helpful <laughs> flow is number one so touch two and then number two he's got his two and three are like so close I can never remember which is actually number two, so I just put them together. So quality time and words of affirmation. Which I'm good with both of those. I'm good with physical touch. 
So mine are flipped. My number one is quality touch, and then my two is like physical touch and um, words of affirmation. So like we have the same top three, just ordered differently. But we learned that his idea of quality time and my idea of quality time is not the same quality. Time. <laughs> 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 it's not. Not the same. His quality time is, you know, let's go build this thing. Let's do this project. Like we're out about doing something, anything, everything in the sun all the time. And I'm like, no, let's sit on this comfy couch that we got and let's talk or watch a movie or do something that's not out in the sun. So like we've had to learn to kind of like, okay, like we'll do some projects, but then we also have to have that sit down talk time. But then of course, you know, me being who I am, like if I want you to sit down and talk to me, I, I want you to sit down and I want you to talk to me. I want you to look at me. I don't want a phone or an iPad or a laptop or a, it, I want you to sit and talk to me. That's it, nothing else. And for him, that's difficult because he's, he's got, a, there's always something that needs to be done with you know, work, business, studying, social media, podcast, it's always something. So he's like, this is him. I am listening to you. How are you listening to me? You're not even looking at me. So that's something that we've been working through too. Like, yeah, like this is how I understand quality time. If you have something else in your face that you're doing, it's not quality to me. So. Like I said, we have a different understanding of what quality time is. So, which he like didn't realize how important that was to me because it was really, I told him it was really, I forget how I put it. It was really dampening the usness because I didn't have the word, which would have been intimacy <laughs> between. <laughs> but I'm like the, messing up the usness for us. He's like, huh? I'm like. You know what I'm trying to say. I know you know me well enough to know what I'm trying to say. Like the, the, the this, you're messing up the this. And so finally, thank you to Melissa from the Love Hour and <laughs> research and you guys and you know this um, pre-marriage counseling. You're messing up the intimacy. That's the word. That one right there. <laughs> Between us. It's like, oh, why didn't you just say that? Well, I didn't, I didn't have the word then. That was the usness. <laughs> so now I have the words. When you know better, you say words better. Right. <laughs> I'm telling you, education research is so important. <laughs> so important. So of course, that is a work in progress. Always. Yeah. And forever. <laughs> karaoke time that's okay we can karaoke <laughs> let's see what else so then what does the bible say about intimacy which i thought was i was like oh this is gonna be a great question and me again being who i am i was so excited because i was like i'm gonna get in the bible i'm gonna go to the little index at the back look up intimacy like read all 60 um verses that are going to be on intimacy i am so ready to do this biblical research i was like so excited and i got into 
my study Bible, and there was no verse about intimacy. Like you couldn't look up. Intimacy. Right. The word is not there. Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. um, yeah. I'm just going to crush my whole bubble then. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So I went to um, Pastor Manuel's the pre-marriage um, booklet that he gave us, Binder. And I was like, what scriptures do we have in here? Because obviously intimacy is not the correct word, biblically speaking. Uh-huh. <laughs> Yeah, basically in the Bible, intimacy is, it is talked about between, or in marriage, between the husband and wife, but it, um, it's mostly the physical intimacy that is expressed, and I was like, oh, but what about my feelings? (laughs) (laughs) But what about my feelings? (laughs) I told you, my whole bubble was just like, and I just sat there for a minute, looking disappointed. And I was like, well, let me still go ahead and do this research. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, the Bible talks about intimacy being of the physical nature. And it is something that is sacred and beautiful in the sight of God when it comes to marriage. Because outside of marriage, it is a sin. (laughs) So in the confounds of marriage, it is beautiful and is sacred. And there's a whole book in the Bible devoted to physical intimacy, Song of Solomon. Very descriptive. That, yes, is, that's the word. Very descriptive. Very descriptive. (laughs) Yeah. So um, I was like, oh, okay. Oddly enough, when I was reading the Bible, I always just kind of seemed to gloss over that book because I was like, song, song, nah. I would read a little bit and like, whatever. And then go to like, this is not the important stuff that I need. Don't do that. It is important. It is needed. It is, yes. So. Um, that's on my list of things to do. Go back and make sure I read through and do a study of the book of Song of Solomon. Mm. So, to-do list. Um, anybody? Anybody want to take it away? Biblically speaking about intimacy? I can go. Don't um, it at once. No, I'll go. <laughs> I was kind of like you, like I, uh, my devotional has me reading through a Bi- the Bible in a year. So I read Songs of Solomon probably like two weeks ago. And I was like, whoa, this is a whole lot, a lot of boobs and like, um, you know, give yourself freely to each other. It was very descriptive and I couldn't talk about it on a Zumba day. Um, <laughs> but so I knew that like that talked a lot about sex. Um, I was in Proverbs the other day and there was a whole lot of sex in the section I was in. And so I was kind of wondering like, where can I draw on in terms of intimacy? And it was funny because I happened to like, my iPad fell behind the bed and right on our wall behind the bed is a scripture (laughs) from Matthew. Um, And it doesn't really talk about intimacy per se, but I think it's kind of how Carl and I live our marriage. Um, It's the one in Matthew that says, um, paraphrasing, 
you're basically you're no longer two you're now one one flesh and what god has joined together let no man separate mm -hmm. um and i think it's just the idea of not just becoming one physically but like i said like that daily work of connecting and being one-minded in christ but then that also helps you to be one in your relationship so um you know so when you are having those difficult conversations about, you know, maybe you're not getting the emotional support that you need. Um, it's coming from a place of love because you've been working together to become one. And so now it's not, you know, if I'm explaining myself to Carl, it's not, oh, she's attacking me. It's she's trying to explain how she needs to be loved and I want to love her. So let me figure out how I can do that because we're working to be one. And that can be applied literally in any situation. And I think um, like that's, that's really the basis of our intimacy is trying to get to a level where we are one, where we are, um, able to express in a vulnerable, safe manner, what we need from each other and also willing to give that because we know the other is willing to give that. Mm -hmm. Um, so I, I don't even really know. I did, I did try to research and nothing about that is said in that scripture in Matthew, but, um, I just felt like it was something that really is how we live our lives, how we um, are showing love and intimacy to one another, which is really just trying to be one and not like two individuals. I do you or you do you, I do me. And right. we're not on the same page. Like it's impossible <laughs> to create intimacy that way. So eh, kind of my two cents. <laughs> I, yeah, I hear you. Yeah, I would just piggyback on that. Um, the one that, so I looked on the internet and um, it was a lot of, you know, more like sex side of it. But then I found one that I liked, um, John 4, 7 through 8. And it says, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God, and whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. Anyone who does not love does not know God, because God is love. So I feel like just love, <laughs> like that's one of the biggest forms of intimacy when you think about, you know, the different relationships that we have. Like we want to nurture them and be more intimate because we love the person and I think like just showing empathy trying to learn the other person what they need also expressing what you need in like mm -hmm. a good manner yeah. so that they can understand and then you know it can be mutual I think it just comes down to love and that's how I I feel the closest to God is when I realize that you know he knows my heart and he loves me and he knows that I'm trying to do my best, which is what I would want from my partner as well. So, <laughs> that's good. Yeah, yeah, same. It was more or less, more or less, you know, all the, the, the physicals, you know, the, the covenants, um, <laughs> um, and it, it had took me to like, it, it was like more or less mentioning more. Kept going back, you know, like, um to uh adam and eve but um the scripture that um i i found um was james 4 and 8 um and that was uh draw near to god and he will draw near to you um and that just um more like this god intended those um who trust in him and more that we can trust god the more intimate um we can come to know him and draw near to god um, and so more or less, like if I can draw near to God, I can, I can find more ways to be able to become more intimate with, um, with, uh, my husband. So, uh, yeah.
It's pretty much what I found. All the things, all the things. Love it. <laughs> all the things. <laughs> <laughs> so in the pre-marriage um, binder, yeah, it's kind of not the gist of it. Intimacy in the Bible is physical for the most part. And so I'm just kind of skimming through and this one part catches my eye and I like, we're just going and going and I saw brush your teeth and I was like, wait, what? So <laughs> I know. Girl, of course that caught your eye. <laughs> I know. I, I like when I read it and I was like, oh, let me go back. I immediately started laughing because I'm like, I'm sure nobody else would have ever seen that as they're just quickly going through a page. <laughs> you know, I read it and it was talking about, you know, make sure you keep your physical appearance up. So, you know, brush your teeth was just one of the things on the list. But it was, you know, take a shower if you're a male, shave, whoever, you know, have your hair done, you know, dress like nicely or whatever, flattering, mm -hmm. you know, brush your teeth, like take care of yourself in your relationship with this person to um, enhance that uh, relationship that experience and I was like I normally just like do those things so I would be clean and you know I brush <laughs> my teeth and flossing is just that is a must like breathing for me so you know I didn't really ever think about you know my physical appearance being part of intimacy because in my mind like I know there's the physical aspect but Aside or aside from that, there's the you know the mental, emotional, spiritual connection as well. So, like it never physical was you know having sex, not so much like your physical appearance. And I was like, huh, I never really thought about that. Do you guys ever think about that? Is this just a me revelation? Besides the whole brushing the teeth thing, like your whole, your whole thing should be put together and that will enhance the level or um, add to the intimacy between you and your partner. Because I, I think about it a lot. <laughs> I mean, I guess in my mind, it's more um, like logical, like when I want my husband to always be attracted to me. And, and obviously he should because he loves me, but I have a part in it. Like I could just let myself go and not take care of myself. And it would be, I would think personally, it would be unfair of me to be like, well, you married me. You should take me as I am and not take any responsibility. Um, like I really equate it to like, you know, all of us kind of have bad habits, like before we get married and then we come together and we're trying to like, figure out how we can like build a relationship that works for both of us but if I came in and was like nope like this is how I always was like take me or leave me like I, that's just that's just with us I hear Alexa um that's just with us so I think about it all the time even with this hair I'm like Carl I know I know it's not your thing but I need you to tell me that I that you like it like I don't <laughs> want to do stuff that's going that to does. make you not be attracted to me even though he yeah. says I can't in my mind, I just, I never want him to have any reason to like feel tempted in any way. Not that he would, but I just, I always try to see what my part is in it and what I can do um, to continue like the relationship that we have. So I, I feel like I think about it all the time. <laughs> but yeah. Carl also is really good about compliments. So like when he doesn't give one, I'm like, 
what did I do? Like, <laughs> please, like, what is it? Is it a shirt? Like, does my hair need to be up? Like, where's my compliment? That's funny. I agree, though, Ash. Like, I'm the same, especially, like, when it comes to, like, getting dressed or, like, finding things to wear when I'm shopping. Whenever I shop, if I sign, find something that I like, I always send a picture to Darnell first. Like, do you like this? I'm, like, in the fitting room sitting here uh-huh. like, five, seven, five, six pictures. Like, do you like this? And I'm like, different poses. And he's like, he's like, oh yeah, that's what I'm like, okay, cool. That was a yes, right. you know? Cause like, I'm I'm not out here to like look good for anyone else right. but you. So right. I don't, I'm not worried about what everyone else is going to see. Like, I just want to make sure that you like what I have on. I look good to you and that I'm out here making you look good. Cause he's like, I want to make sure like you look good so that when you out, that's what he says. When you're out, you're representing me. That's what he said. <laughs> you're representing me. So <laughs> you need to be out there not looking at a whole hot mess. But um, I feel like I, I get dressed and I do and I try and get done up for, for him. Even if we go out like on a date and he's just like wants to just dress casual. I'm like, I want to get dressed. I want to look cute for you, you know? So, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, when I heard you say, um, like, the take care of yourself part, I, th- I think it definitely goes on that level, because I feel like we all, like, want to still be, like, attractive <laughs> and I be found attractive. Yeah, right. <laughs> but I think it also, like, goes on, like, the mental level as well, because I know for me, like, I have times where I, you know, struggle with different things or I'm not feeling, like, 100%. But I think it's important for me to make sure that I'm, like, keeping my my mental, um, taking care of my mental part as well so that I can then translate that into the relationships. Because I know it's hard for me to then be there for somebody else when I'm not, like, 100% there for myself, if that makes sense. Yeah. So, so I think it could definitely be physical, but also mental and, like, physical as well as far as, like, you know sleeping, eating right, exercising, things like that, just all around, but, yeah. You say mm-hmm. sleeping, and Liddell literally just realized that I need my rest. I, I'm, the, I'm the kind of person, even at, you know, my ripe old age of 30, that if, if I don't get my hours of sleep, Mm-mm. not going to work. The whole thing <laughs> to work and it's yeah. just gonna be because I'm tired mm-hmm. and he's like we we did a, a talk and we spoke with my mom and she's like yeah like when I was pregnant with Clea I would sleep 15 16 hours a day and I'm like yep gotta have your rest and he looks at me and he's like it makes so much sense uh-huh. <laughs> Mm-hmm. I need my hours, and if I don't get out of my hours, you better expect there will be a nap sometime today. And leave me alone. Let mm. me take my nap. <laughs> so <laughs> that just that made me laugh. It made me think of that. But yep. I don't know. I never. I mean, I've always had the idea for myself personally, just because growing up where I did, how I did, I always had this, you know, self-image problem like body image problems so like for myself I've always had this okay I need to at least be between like this pound like I'm not gonna buy anything over a size whatever like I always had those for myself I never really thought about it for my partner 
probably because I'm very critical of myself, like most people are, like, you're your worst critic, or most, for most people, that's, like, the case that they say, so I never really thought about it, like, I know, as far as dress and clothes, oddly enough, things he likes for me to wear are things that I wore when I was young, like I would have worn when I was younger, when I was more comfortable and I had a lot less body shape. <laughs> and like, now he's like, yo, that looks great on you. And I'm like, I don't think we're looking at the same person in this clothing. I don't, <laughs> no, I don't think. And he's like, no, it's perfect. And I'm like, I'm just, I'm looking at him, look at me like, what do you see? Cause I really wish one of us was a good artist so that we could draw it out. Cause I know like if it's past a stick figure, I can't do it. <laughs> I can't do it. So, but you know, I'm like, there's some things where like in my mind, I'm like, I would totally wear that. But then I put it on and I'm like, what was I thinking? What the flipping heck was I thinking? This is, and he's looking at me like, but it looks great. Again, I don't see what you're seeing. We're, do you need your glasses? Here your glasses. So, but like I said, it was always a personal thing, not so much a ma maintenance for my partner now spouse. So, I guess that's yeah. I was the opposite. I would be like a total slob if I were like <laughs> single <laughs> slob, but like I don't know. I don't know. It's, I guess it's different just for me personally, um, like knowing that you're going to be with this person forever. Right. And like, just, it's like the all encompassing, like, I want to be what you need. And some of it's just me. Like, he'll be like, I don't care. Like, you don't have to wear makeup. You don't have to, but I'm like, but I, I want to, because I like it. And I want you to compliment me. <laughs> I think some of it did become like me, but um, I don't know. For some reason, it was always this. I think his dad kind of scared me because he did our premarital counseling. We didn't, we definitely didn't do enough of it. Um, but it was very much like, your body is not yours. And I'm like, you're my father-in-law. This is weird. Um, <laughs> it's like, your body's not yours. It's his. Like, you should never, I don't know if he said you should never say no or like, you should never deprive him. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like, what if he's like a machine? Like, I can't be a machine. I'm not a robot. <laughs> Um, but later on, like as my relationship with God, like increased and I was reading more in his word, like I understand the idea of temptation and like, you don't even have to be looking for it and it will come. And sometimes you may have all the willpower to not succumb to the temptation, but it's there. Like we, it's something the enemy has. And so I think it just, it just comes down to like, let me play my part. Um, if something happens, something happens, but at least I know that I've done like what I can um, to be like the best version of me and to love the way that you're telling me you want to be loved. If you don't tell me, then I don't know and I can't like do it. But if you tell me, mm -hmm. it's like, you know better, you do, you, you do better, right? You tell me what you want, then I want to try to do that. So. Right. Yeah. Yeah, there's something else I read about. Um... In the book, the pre-marriage book, it was saying something along the lines of your spouse should be completely satisfied with you so that 
if there's like someone trying to give them attention, they don't even recognize it in that right. sense because they're just, you know, they're just so full. Of satisfied. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Obviously that is not how it was worded, but in my brain, that's mm-hmm. how it came out. <laughs> right. So, but yeah, so like I said, it makes sense. It was just never something that I really connected or thought about in regards to yeah. being married. To yeah. be more of a me personally. What am I going to do with this? Mm-hmm. Am I going to feel about this? Kind of a not, oh, do you like this? Yeah. Okay. Like, I didn't think about that. <laughs> Sorry. I'll apologize later. Sorry. <laughs> um, <laughs> so then, this is our final question. Final question. Yeah. What has quarantine taught you about your marriage? I'm going to start with Jordan. <laughs> um, all we needed was a lot of time, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's kind of crazy. It's been like, although 2020 has been crazy, it's also been like a blessing too. Blessing in disguise, yeah. Um, Because obviously, you know, more time with family, but I feel like within the marriage, it's like, it's just a whole nother like level, like just having the time to be able to talk, have conversations, be able to actually like stay up late because usually like, you know, we have to wake up early for him to go to the gym since the gyms are closed. <laughs> but um but yeah, I just felt like just having the time has been really helpful. So I feel like just moving forward, you know, when things start to get more busy, like just making it a priority to have the time. Because now we know what it's like to have the time. <laughs> and right? it's been nice and helpful for the marriage and helping us be more intimate on like lots of different levels. Um, obviously the covenant level, (laughs) but, um, also just like the conversation, like there was so many conversations I didn't know that we were like even capable of having. I'm like, wow, like I feel Uh way more connected to you on like a lot of different levels. And then even like the experiences, that part of intimacy, you're like stuck at home. So you don't think you would have like a lot of experiences, but like just being creative in like some of the things we do together as a family, some of the things we've tried to do to be able to like get through each day, homeschooling, like just things like that, that we have experiences and memories and just time has been helpful. So I think just moving forward, like I said, making more time to be able to have more intimacy. Mm -hmm. (laughs) The box is on you, Dom. Is it? Oh, okay. Um, sorry. Um, <laughs> um, I would say, I mean, for us, it was somewhat the opposite only because you still have to work. My, I know I still have to work. <laughs> so, um, he was more or less home more than me. He still had to work, but he didn't actually have to physically go in. Um, so he was able to just stay home all day and I left and I went home for work and I'm at work for about 11, 12 hours a day. So we're away from each other a long period of time during the day. So although I wish I could have had those experiences and being in the, you know, being able to spend more time with him, which is what I, um, I try to do is find, try to find more time to spend more time with each other. Um, but what did, um, 
help us. And what I am grateful for is that um, our prayer life has increased. Um, just us just getting in the word together more. Um, it's gave us a chance to kind of grow individually and come together and grow together um, as a unit. Um, so I, I, I love now that like we stay together more, um, more than we did before quarantine. Um, so I, I'm actually, I mean, this quarantine is it's not a great thing, but it has, it has helped us in a tremendous way as far as um, us growing together more in the word. So I am, I am grateful for that. Um, so, yeah. Sorry, excuse me. <clears throat> it was about that bedtime, so. <laughs> um, Ashley. Yeah, mine is, I guess, kind of a hybrid of both Jordan and Dom. I've been working from home for three months, so there's been lots of time to love on my husband. Um, <laughs> I guess I'm just, I'm really thankful to God that he's allowed our marriage to flourish during this time because I do know a lot of people who are not doing well being with their husbands all day and who are choosing to go back to work early so that they can get the space and I'm more like how can I work from home all the days forever forever um and so right so there's been so much time and I think you know with kind of what Jordan said it's it's trying to figure out how to make intentional time um when things come back because I can't really make more time like I'm gonna be at work the kids are gonna be back in sports like there's gonna be a lot but it's kind of figuring out how do I use that time to be intentional with it and um I think that's a revelation that came from this um it's just not taking that time for granted um and but kind of like how Dom said like we've never studied together we've never like read the bible together now we're like on the same devotional and so that it's like a new level of intimacy that we haven't experienced of um, a spiritual intimacy where we can actually talk about God's word together and talk about things that we learned or things that we thought, but we realized that wasn't really true now that we've actually like studied what the Bible is saying. Um, so I'm, I know a lot of people have suffered through this quarantine, but I thank God that we have been blessed in the area of our marriage. Um, and I'm prayerful. We're both prayerful that we, we find that like intentional time to keep growing um, and not slide back into the, hey, we're here, let's both be on our phones. At least we're sitting next to each other. Um, <laughs> kind of <laughs> fake intimacy. <laughs> oh, but I'm all for it. Work from home forever. Covenant. Forever. Pray. <laughs> Eat. <laughs> Covenant pray, Bible eats. It's just been awesome. <laughs> Make an acronym for that. <laughs> In that order. <laughs> In that order. <laughs> okay, so, um, my experience has been completely different from all three of you. Yeah. <laughs> completely different. You're out there saving lives. Right. Um, Girl. Yeah, so he's still working. You know, he's been working. I've been working. I mean, I had, I had two weeks off. I didn't go into... Um, work at the hospital for two weeks just that's just how it worked out um but by that time it was like crunch time because summer's coming got to get the girls ready for you know their stuff for the summer being with their other parents got to finish out the school year strong and like there there were just so many things to do but even before then you know this this for 
for me personally, this year has been the most trying year. Mm. <clears throat> so I, I talked to Floydell about it earlier today. We had a big, huge, long conversation. So I'm like last minute trying to get the rest of my notes down because we had this you know, three hour conversation. But um, this year, I mean, life is not easy. It's not expected to be easy. Things are going to happen. But this year has been the most trying for me, you know, in all aspects of my life, all the way around. So with work, the possibility of actually not going back to work because these people didn't get whatever right and, oh, no, well, we won't just need you. It's like, no, like, I, I need a job. So I'm going to need you to fix that and then that stress and then the virus still being at work him being at work but then the kids are here because they can't go to school and since I work nights the kids are here with me but I'm like I kind of need to sleep so I can function when I go to work at night because you know I don't want to I don't want to injure like I could actually cause harm so there was that there were two deaths in one month. I lost my father's mom, my grandmother, and she was someone that I was taking care of when we were still living out in the desert. So I was helping her because of her dementia and I lost her. And then I found out that that happened. And I, I mean, I was just heartbroken. And then I just, I remember I was driving to work of course, like always. And I just had this chill and I could feel my heart literally stop. And I immediately prayed, asking God, I know everything is in your will, but can you please not take my other grandma too? <sighs> Sorry. <laughs> but then she passed at the end of the month which turns out five years and two days from the date my grandpa, her husband, the parent, they're the ones who raised me since he passed, five years, two days. So that was just, I mean, my whole world was just shattered. I didn't know what to do. And I didn't even, I was so distraught that I didn't even know how to communicate that I was hurting that bad to him or anybody. I mean, as far as my family, it was just like, you know, I have to be as strong as I can for my mom, my auntie, my uncles. Like, I have to be as strong as I can for them because they lost their mom, my brother, my sister, who was born on her birthday, like they're practically twins, just, you know, X amount of years in age difference. Like I have to be strong, like no tears, helpful, whatever you need, I'm there. But I was like, literally felt like I was just dying. And I stopped praying. And then when I did, I, or when I tried to, all I could say was, why would you do this to me? <laughs> that was the only thing I could say was, why would you do this to me? I mean, why would you take both of them? Allow me to be in a situation where 
I need help and I need guidance, but I can't call the person that I would call because that's the person you placed in my path for me to ask for help from. You would, you would just take them. So now what am I supposed to be doing? I, I don't have, I don't know how to explain it to him. I don't know how to get him to understand. He's not lost a parent or a grandparent that, you know, or he's lost a grandparent, but it wasn't anyone who raised him because most people say like, she's your grandma, but she's really your mom. And that is true. And you know, she, I was there since I was six. Like I remember her late night when I was having asthma attacks. So she's my mom. And I couldn't communicate to that, that to him. And I had to go to work and I had to take care of patients who had this virus and they were so very absorbed in, I need you to be here right after I call for help. And realistically, because I have other patients, I can't do that, but I understand their desire to have someone there because they're basically in complete isolation. And the hospital staff is the only family that they have. So then having that and, you know, trying to deal with grandma one passing from the virus, grandma two just passing, and then taking care of patients with this virus and, you know, just that. And then in our marriage, it being new and it being tested, like, I mean, heavy, heavy pressure tested and neither one of us really knowing how to communicate under that kind of pressure. Like, I know how to talk to myself. I want to talk to my sister, my brother, under that kind of pressure because we've gone through life together. I haven't gone through all of those things with him. We've gone through some pretty stuff, some stuff. We've gone through some stuff, but nothing where I didn't know how to effectively communicate. So I would say in our relationship, I'm the, the top communicator. And I was at a point where I, I literally just need you to look at me and understand because I have no words. I have no energy. I have nothing. I felt like I was just on water, just being tossed, just present, trying to get through it. And then trying to help the kids with their, the girls with their schoolwork and manage prints and he wants to be and has energy and he needs to do stuff and it's like I'm tired and I need to sleep and just I mean there was just so much so much and then as of late with him on the man cave and learning about something that happened four months ago I mean like I said, we had to talk about it. Now there's understanding, but it's just like, I know they say he won't put more on you than you can bear, but I'm pretty sure I'm so very close to whatever my limit is. So even now I'm starting to pray more, but I'm not where I used to be. I mean, I was gone and I were sick as thieves, basically, you know, before my feet touched the floor, I would, I would talk to him so that I would be setting my day up right. And if I didn't grab my study Bible, I was on the Bible on my phone, you know, for a word of encouragement or for something. Like, there was no aspect of my life where God wasn't present. And 
with everything that's happened this year, it's just like, I know he's supposed to be the source of strength and help, but I just feel so betrayed that I don't want, like, I, I literally at times don't want to talk to him, which is ridiculous because, you know, he is it. He knows, understands, knows where I'm going to go from here. So I should definitely want to talk to him. But I'm just like, you know, nah. I, mm. So we've been under some super serious pressure personally, individually, because there's stuff for um, flow work related that he's been going through. And we just, you know, we've been on different pages of the same book trying to catch and it's like one gets ahead and then the other one, like we're just back and forth and we haven't been on the same page, I feel, for a minute. And now, you know, like I said, we had our big three-hour conversation, and it seems like we're set up for much better times ahead, but at this point, like I said, I'm still so shaky, especially with my faith, that it's like, what's going to come next? Who's going to be next? Mm -hmm. Am I going to be able to handle it? And with Ray being with her father, and my own just desire, like, you know, I think it was Christmas break was the longest she's been away from me. Three weeks. I was going crazy. <laughs> like, I was going crazy. And it was just three weeks. She's going to be gone for six weeks. I think, I think it ends up being six weeks, like six to seven weeks uh, in the desert with her dad. And I'm just like my brain and its overactiveness is like, well, what if this happens? Well, what if this happens? I mean, all these things have been happening this year. It's not a reach to say that this could happen. And what if this, and what if she is down there and she gets the virus because, you know, they don't have the same kind of resources and knowledge that I have up here. And there, there's just all these what ifs. And then now I have, you know, I've been watching a lot of Red Table Talk with Jada Pinkett Smith, her mom and her daughter. I have my bonus daughter you know, Princess Yvonne, and it's like, well, what if something happens to her? Like, what are we going to, like, my, my whole, my whole world of we got this, we're good, we're secure is just in shambles, and I don't, I don't know what to do, and I, I don't want to talk to the person who could probably help me, which is God, because it's like, I kind of blame you for, like, you did this, you allowed this. So I've learned in our marriage that we have a long way to go, that we are under pressure and under attack. And that is what I've learned. I have yet to come up with an action plan against it, but that is what I've learned. So like I said, Floyd, Flo, excuse me, Flo and I did talk earlier today. And so at least, like I said, we have an understanding and are headed towards a better place. But there's still all of these what ifs. Who's next? Am I going to be able to handle it? Are we going to be able to handle it? Because I don't know. And I don't know what to do. 
and I'm not normally in that type of a situation. So, yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Well, you went through trauma. All of these feelings are normal and valid, even though they suck. That's a lot, friend. I, I, I don't want you to feel guilty for being mad at God. Um, because even in our prayer call today, I want to say it was Psalm 108. Pastor read a psalm that didn't end well. To do, I don't know if it was David. I think it was David. He was mad at God. And Pastor told us, it's okay to question God. It's not okay to question whether he exists. And I think that's where you are. Like, you know that he is God. You know that he's in control. And sometimes he's going to allow some ridiculously terrible things to happen to us. But there's a reason. We don't know the reason. But... I just, I need you to trust in him and know that when you can't pray, I'm praying for you literally every single day. You're going to make me cry. I'm praying for you. And so know that you have people in your corner. Know that when it says that God won't give you more than you can bear, it's because you're allowing him to carry it. It's not because you're trying to carry it by yourself. And so when you feel like it's too much, it's easier said than done, but the idea is that you're supposed to give it to God. Like you have to, otherwise you won't be able to handle the next thing because life can get too hard. We weren't expected to handle it on our own. And I pray for Flo too. I pray that both of you guys get to a point where you can fully support each other um, because that's one of the benefits of marriage. Like you're supposed to have that partner that you can share the ups with, but also where you can lean on and share the downs with so that it's not feeling like you're on your own. You're not on your own. You've got God and you've got us and we're all praying for you even when you don't have the words to pray. Thank you. You're welcome. You're making my mascara run. I'm sorry. <laughs> Only for you, friend. <laughs> I appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, I just, I know that that's the only question that had nothing under it because I just kept looking at it like, I don't really have to ask that question. Then I was like, oh, but I sent it to them in a text message. <laughs> so <laughs> I do have to ask that question because they're prepared for it. Like I, I was at a point where I, I didn't really want to do this conversation either. But I was like, oh, I already told them we set the date and I'm not about, I, I'm not the person who doesn't finish and follow through. So because trust me, if we were still in that planning phase, nah, you know what, you guys, we'll figure it out some other time. Don't worry about it. Enjoy your Wednesday night. <laughs> but we had already planned it. So, well, I do thank you all for joining, for listening, for sharing, doing some research. <laughs> Jordan did all the research. <laughs> Girl, Google. <laughs> Google's my friend. You know, I, I talk to people about, you know, Dr. Google, Mr. Do Google all the time. Mm -hmm. Got some good things, some bad things too, but he's got some good things. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Gotta make sure you get the right one. <laughs> right. Yeah. Thanks for having us. Oh, you're very welcome. Appreciate you. <laughs> we're probably going to do another one I don't know when or what about but we'll probably do another one preferably with a lot less tears on my part so, yeah. no worries <laughs> yeah okay well again thank you all 
thank you to the village for listening in. You know, you're always free to comment. Make sure you like, share, subscribe to the YouTube channel. If you want us to talk about anything or you want to send a personal comment about some things that you heard, uh, please go ahead and send it to lifewithqflow at gmail.com. That is our uh, email address, life with Q as in letter, F-L-O at gmail.com. Um, that's it. That's the wrap. Yeah. <laughs> Cut. Thank you all. <laughs> Cut. Yeah. Cut it. Cut it.